The Pat Kenny Show with Aviva Insurance on News Talk. Who is Arthur Knight? Who is Nicholas Alaverdian? Who is Nicholas Rossi? Well, to explain all, we're joined by London-based journalist Enda Brady. Enda, good morning. Good morning, Pat. Good to speak to you again. This is an extraordinary story with many twists and turns. So let's start at the beginning. Who is this guy and who does he pretend to be? Well, the the prosecution case is that ultimately it's the same person, an American called Nicholas Rossi, 35 years of age, on the run and wanted for a very serious sexual offence in Utah, the state of Utah in 2008. Also, allegations of domestic violence in Rhode Island over on the East Coast and a conviction in Dayton, Ohio in 2008 for sexual offences as well. Now, this person, Nicholas Rossi, basically let it be known late 2019 in the Rhode Island area that he was suffering from late stage non-Hodgkinson's lymphoma. And then in early of 2020, basically an in memoriam appeared online saying that he had passed away and that his ashes had been scattered at sea and there were tributes. And as far as the trail in America went, that was the end. This person had died. Spool forward a few months, the pandemic happens, and a man is brought to hospital in Glasgow in a very serious condition, ends up in a coma, unconscious with COVID, and one thing leads to another, the dots are joined up. He is then served while unconscious with an Interpol red notice, and the the view was from the, the FBI, from the states, from all of the American judicial and law enforcement officers, that Arthur Knight, as he had been living in Scotland under the name, was actually Nicholas Rossi. Now, this is uh, quite extraordinary because obviously they could not presumably take his blood for DNA while he was unconscious. I'm sure they could fingerprint him, but he had identifying marks on his body. Tattoos. Now, uh, incredibly, so obviously, you know, people are on the run, people are wanted, the police, any identifying marks, it could be an earring, it could be a tattoo, it could be a, a scar. Very, very distinctive tattoos on the body of this man in the hospital as he lay unconscious. So the police matched up the tattoos, fingerprints were also taken. The tattoos on Arthur Knight matched those on Nicholas Rossi on the police file. And crucially, the fingerprints matched up as well. So the National Crime Agency in Britain is basically the UK's much smaller answer to the FBI. Um, But everything they saw and got from the body of Arthur Knight as he lay unconscious in the hospital matched everything the Americans were saying Mm -hmm. about this man, Nicholas Rossi. Now, uh, in terms of uh, fingerprints, you know, you can have a certain percentage of uh, errors there, uh, far less in DNA matching. Um, It's, you know, most unlikely if there was a DNA match that it could be anybody else, like one in a billion or whatever. Fingerprints might not be so secure. Uh, Tattoos on their own might not be so secure. But when you combine them all... The placing of the tattoos, what kind of tattoos they were, allied with fingerprints. It does look literally like game, set and match. It does completely. And that was the view of a Scottish court as well. November last year, they ruled that this is one and the same person, that he is the suspect. Now, Arthur Knight, as he has been claiming to be, appearing in court and bizarrely appearing in court in a wheelchair as well, Um, Now dressed in Jewish clothing as well, traditional Jewish male attire, 
uh, complete with a yamulka, which is the the small skull cap, effectively that, that Jewish men wear. Um, he has claimed that the tattoos were put on his body by health workers in Scotland while he was unconscious. <laughs> now the judge uh, said that was ludicrous. And in the ruling this week that he must be extradited, Sheriff McFadden at the, the Scottish court um, basically has said, I conclude that he is as dishonest and deceitful as he is evasive and manipulative. Now, he, he has a wife. Yes, and a, a BBC journalist actually interviewed him when all of this kind of unraveled to begin with. And yes, uh, a wife was presented and the journalist met her. So he is someone who appears to have built a life for himself in Scotland, in the United Kingdom. Um, I should add as well that Essex police are now looking into an historic allegation of rape in the town of Chelmsford in Essex. So a lot of allegations against this man. And I think the legal battles this week to avoid extradition are just the beginning of things for him. Yeah. Um, what happens if uh, they decide to bring charges for the uh, Chelmsford offence alleged? Um, does that trump the extradition or could it be sent off to the United States and see what happens to him there and then try to get him back? I think the Americans will have first call on what happens, really. I think they have been so determined to pursue this extradition request and it's been proved the Scottish court has decided that it is one and the same person. But this was a guy who... The allegation is effectively faked his own death, ended up in Scotland somehow, and then in the court process has claimed to be an Irish orphan. Mm. And people who've been listening to him in court when he does speak say that the accent fluctuates from being English at one point to when he speaks about his so-called childhood in Dublin having a Dublin accent. Okay, I wonder, is a, is it a good Dublin accent or a kind of a Tom Cruise far and away Irish accent? Uh, anyway, who knows? I think he's about as Irish as a kangaroo, if you ask me, from the evidence we've seen so far. <laughs> and has anyone done any work on the provenance of uh, Arthur Knight? You know, he claims to be an Irish orphan. Well, if he was born in Ireland, there would, of course, be trace of him, birth cert and all that sort of stuff. Has anyone bothered to go down that road or did they just know he's such a faker, it's not worth wasting the time and resources? So he has an answer for that as well. And he says that because he was adopted in Ireland as a child and then they moved to England, his birth certificate got lost and he doesn't have it. So he seems to have an answer for everything. But I think in terms of the judicial process in the UK, he has absolutely run out of road. Uh, his behaviour in court, you know, he called the judge a disgrace, a disgrace to justice. Um, you know, I think the, the feeling in Scotland really is that this whole charade has been ludicrous and I think the Scots can't wait to get rid of him. How soon will he go? It just needs to be rubber stamped by the Scottish Justice Minister now and I would imagine once that's done, he will be on American soil within a week. All right, very good. And Brady, thank you very much for uh, joining us and filling us in on a quite extraordinary and literally unbelievable story. The Pat Kenny Show with Aviva Insurance. Weekdays at 9am on News Talk.